Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Onside Chicks. I am your co-host, Kaylee Chikoski. And I am Jordan Rod Coupe, your other co-host. Oh, so first ever episode. How are you feeling? I mean, launch day is always exciting, but this is extra exciting. Yeah, no, I've been literally planning all day for this. Like I all ever since I woke up this morning, I've been getting ready for today. So I am very excited to officially get started, put a lot of prep work into it a lot of time. So can't wait that it's finally here. Yes. And we're going to be talking about big free agency topics later. But do you want to kind of tell everyone who we are? You can start what what you do, what where you've been, where you've worked, and kind of what got you here to starting this podcast with me. Yeah. So I never, ever wanted to be on air in front of the camera on a podcast. It was never the plan. I always did production work. I worked at NFL Films as an intern. I was on the production team for Good Morning Football. After I graduated undergrad, I was applying for all sorts of productions assistant jobs with all different organizations in the NFL. Um, and then the pandemic hit, kind of canceled all of those plans. So instead, I didn't want to take the year off. I wanted to like show places that I was still super interested. So I started a YouTube channel, kind of originally just as a resume builder and absolutely fell in love with it. You can find me at Sporty Jordy on YouTube. I post weekly videos, kind of talking about everything in the league. Um, and it's brought me so many people. I've met so many incredible other shows, other friends. I've It's been amazing. Um, was not expecting to love it as much as I do. Started my Twitter and then got connected to Kaylee. And here we are today. So it's been yeah. pretty awesome. It's exciting. And just like you, I had zero intention of ever being on camera. I remember I had bosses in the past try to get me to do on camera work. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm okay. That's not really me. My professors were like, you're going to host this show. I was like, no, not like, (laughs) I was like, no, it's okay. I've got a face for radio, but I don't have a voice for radio. So that's the tough part. So I apologize for anyone listening to this podcast. But yeah, so I went to grad school at UCF, kind of got into the sports industry with the with the Alliance of American Football in Orlando. So I was doing social digital for them um, and being on the sidelines and really kind of getting to interact with players, coaches, all of that. And just being able to talk football all day, every day was the an absolute dream, kind of dream job. And then obviously the alliance folded. And so I ended up back with the XFL for round two. Um, it didn't go as planned, obviously, thanks to COVID, but again, a dream job. And now I am doing social and digital with front office sports on more of the editorial media side. So still getting to talk sports every day. But, you know, this podcast is definitely that really fun outlet that being able to kind of talk football more in depth and really go dive into the NFL storylines is going to be really exciting. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes. No, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Cool. Do you want to dive in? Get started? Yeah. So we had some pretty big news this week. JJ Watt himself being the one to break the news. Yes. After all of the Twitter decoding, all of that drama, he finally announced that he is going to the Arizona Cardinals on a two-year deal worth $31 million and $23 million in guaranteed. And like our uh, line says, really? 
Cause yeah. I, I was shocked. My jaw, I was like, excuse me when I got the news. Yeah. Did you see his quote about how he kept it under wraps yes. with the t-shirts? And he's like, so he basically ordered, he made, yeah. yes, he made his Twitter or his brother's friends, I guess, college friends, like order all of these shirts from the five different finalists of teams that he was in talks with and then had them delivered. So his name wasn't attached to the order at all, but he had everything ready to go to kind of drop it. And he's honestly the number one Twitter troll because all the over the, I mean, he was only a free agent for what, 17 days. And so now you had him talking about mitochondria and dropping little background hints in his pictures. And it's just like, I just wish I could have as much fun on a day-to-day basis as JJ Watt had with his free agency because he just trolled the crap out of fans for yes. two weeks straight. Oh my God, people were counting the letters in mitochondria, yes. <laughs> figuring out who discovered the mitochondria and where they lived to try to figure out where he was going. Like he had people in an absolute frenzy and he was probably sitting at home on the couch like, I know I'm going to the yes. couch. Like I, I'm just going Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, something to be admired for sure as someone who spends a lot of time on Twitter and also as someone who was covering that for work like the morning of he had that whole Peloton thing where someone made a fake Peloton account and was like Cleveland Green Bay Buffalo and I'm just like oh so we covered that and then come back yes and I'm just like he doesn't even have a Peloton account like I covered it wrote the whole tweet put it out he doesn't even have a Peloton I'm like this is getting even with that like the way he announced that he's like I don't even have a bike stop like yeah stop (laughs) just stop what you're doing and like hours after that that he finally put up the pictures he was probably just like I'm done like now they're making fake Peloton bike accounts for me like it's time to get this over with yeah, it's it's so funny the timing because I think that was the last straw. He was like, "Okay, this has been fun. Now we're getting out of hand. Yes. Let's announce it." But I guess let's talk through why the Cardinals make sense. I mean, there are reasons. I think the more we dive into this, you know, I think it does make sense a little bit. But I think the number one thing that kind of not surprised me, but I think Kyler Murray is the number one draw for him in Arizona. I think he texted. Kyler Murray saying, I'm here because I believe in you. And it's it's really heartwarming because we saw that relationship built with Deshaun Watson. You yeah. saw him walk off the field and say, I'm sorry that we wasted, you know, four of your years, whatever. So I think it's interesting that he's already kind of developing that rapport with Kyler Murray, really saying, I'm here because I believe in you. I want us to win together. So, I mean, I don't know. Are, are the Cardinals more Super Bowl ready than we think they are? I... So when I first heard this, I was very confused because he kept saying he wanted a team that was a contender. He's at the end of his career. He's one of the best. He's one of the best defensive ends in the league. He's future Hall of Famer. So I think he deserves a ring before he retires. So initially, I never saw Cardinals as contenders. I saw them as yeah. playoff contenders. Like I think they're right there. They were just like they were so close this season. Um, but I, I didn't see them in any Super Bowl conversations, at least in the next two, three years. Now, hearing the way, hearing his press conference, hearing the way he talks about all of the pieces that they have, knowing he's very close with their defensive coordinator, he was with them his rookie year. So, like, yeah. I think there's a lot there uh, that we're not seeing that J.J. Watt, who's been in the league for as long as he has, I think he kind of can see the bigger picture and he believes in this team. So with how much he is believing in them, it's making me believe in them a little bit more. So yeah. we're 
it's going to be interesting, especially they're in the yeah. top division in football, in my opinion. Like that is a competitive, like they have to go up against Seahawks, Rams, 49ers. There's tough. just a lot there. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. And I think you brought up a good point with Vance Joseph being in Arizona, spending his first three years with JJ Watt in Houston. I think, I think scheme and culture comes down. I think those two things are what makes us so obviously money. We can, I mean, money as well. Yeah, he he, him very well, which is right. <laughs> and they made the, he made the comment, like the Cardinals aggressively recruited me. So the recruitment process was the most aggressive out of anyone. So they just wanted him more. Yeah. But I think, I do think that having that connection with your defensive coordinator, knowing the scheme you're walking into, wanting to play in that scheme is really, really important. And I think that says a lot about just a lot of these guys that we're seeing kind of resurrected from the dead. Like you're seeing these quarterbacks, these older veterans go to new places, get in the right system and really outplay what their expectations or we thought their potential was. So I think this is a situation where we know he's talented. I don't even think his age plays that much of a factor. I mean, they talked about his film. I, we saw what he has been able to do, especially over the past couple of years. So I don't know. I just think that he is going to be one of these people that continues to play at a super high level. And if the scheme fits him, we're going to see that happen. Absolutely. But the, the Cardinals were a dark horse pick for a lot of people ahead of the 2020 season. I know I was kind of maybe not fully on that bandwagon, but definitely was looking at them. So I just wonder if this will be kind of the turning point they need to really make. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying it will be, but it'll be interesting to see. I think it's definitely going to be something to keep our eyes on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think they are close to being a great team. Um, but I think, like you said, having him put all of his faith, imagine being Kyler Murray and hearing yeah. that. I think that means a lot. Putting they, they were missing some defensive pieces. Their starting ends really weren't like they struggled to put it yeah. quite frankly. So I think to have him come in, it's going to uplift the defense. Incredible. I just think there's a lot of things that, you wouldn't think just one player can make that big of a difference, but I think it really will impact all of the places that it needs to impact. And I think it could push them to that next level. Yeah. I think locker room presence is so underrated in this league as well. Cause you saw a lot of veterans move around and even though they didn't really touch the field in a lot of ways, they just brought some sort of experience, right? Just this yeah. presence that you really can't measure analytically you can't measure it on the field and I think that's what he's going to bring there and I think their culture is going the right way but you know I, I think there were so many teams in talks right going to Green Bay going to Pittsburgh going to all these places that made sense for one reason or the other but let's I guess let's dive into why he didn't go there right I mean I think the Bills you said you wanted him to go to the Bills I think everyone would have felt really warm and fuzzy inside if he did go to the Bills because I think Absolutely. the the Bills have kind of become America's team at this yes, point. No, they really have. And my yeah. family, my family is from upstate New York. So they're diehard Bills fans anyway. So like they literally were texting me in the playoffs. They're like, you're rooting for the Bills, right? And I was like, yes, <laughs> I can't not. Like, like you said, America's team. Like they're just like sweet. Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs have the cutest, just the way they look. Yes. At like it's just pure. There's something pure about that whole team. So I wanted him there. They have the issue with cap space. And I think. Mainly, I also think this was an issue in Green Bay. I think that's the only thing that really kept him from going to these teams. Um, Pittsburgh, because his brothers yep. came out and said, he was like, I really don't want to play with them. Like, I, <laughs> I think he likes kind of that separation. 
So I think that was an option. It would have been cool. I would have loved that, but I understand kind of why he wouldn't want to go there. But I really think it was cap space and he he's one of the greatest. Like he deserves to get paid. So yeah. I think that's the one thing that kind of held him back from going to any of those teams. Yeah. And I think when you look at the bills, right, they had about three million available. They yeah. he just signed a two-year $31 million contract. Exactly. So you, three million guaranteed. Yeah, you put that in perspective. And also the bills were so close, right? Like their trajectory, the the direction they're going, what they're building in Buffalo is working. And they're going in the right direction. I just think when you're looking at moving too many pieces around, it's not worth it for, it's not worth giving up what you've already built. And I think that's a big consideration. Green Bay, I mean, they're over the cap by 11 million already. So they definitely can't foot the bill. But I think Cleveland is weird because they had enough cap space. They had a playoff run. They obviously, you know, have a great head coach. They have a GM. They have really a culture that's turning around. They're feeling confident. They're feeling like they can be a team that can win as opposed to just being the butt of every NFL joke. But, you know, I think this comes down to just, does he believe in Kyler Murray more than Baker Mayfield? And I think that's kind of where it comes down. I think the money in Arizona was right. And I think when you look at the trajectory of where Kyler Murray's career could be going in that system versus Baker Mayfield, I think Baker Mayfield leaves a little bit to be desired. And it's hard to say because I do love him with all of my heart and my soul. Um, But I I think that comes down to it. And I think how vocal he's been about Kyler Murray, I think that was probably the deciding factor. Yeah. And I also think like we kind of already talked about, well, one, he's going to be reunited with DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins recruited him. I think that played a bigger role in his decision-making than we probably all even think. Um, We already talked about defensive coordinator. I just think there's, he believes in Kyler Murray. I think there was a lot there. It probably just felt like home to him. And Arizona now seems to be the team that ex-Texan stars go to thrive. So he was probably like, I can do this too. I can hop on this train. So yeah. at first, even from my YouTube video that I recorded yesterday and I posted today, I was kind of sh- like shook about it. But now after digesting everything, it's slowly starting to make a lot of sense, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of situations like that, but this offseason is developing so rapid. Like, things are just happening unexpectedly. There's no time to relax. Like, I, yeah. no time to sit down and breathe. And I like it because the NFL offseason's very long, so I'm not complaining, but, you it's know, you mentioned... It's like the NBA. It like, is. All these big names are getting moved around, and there's all this crazy breaking news every day, and I, I'm living for it. Like, it's awesome. I, I love it. And, you know, you mentioned ex-Texans. Let's... Let's dive into the Texans. Um, Do we want to start with David Johnson just because this connects those two teams pretty directly? And and I think they're, um, this is another situation where when I first heard it, I was kind of like, why in the world would they do that? And now that I've digested it a little bit more, I'm understanding it. Oh, really? Can you explain it to me? Because I think it's absolutely stupid. (laughs) Here's my thoughts. This is my initial. No offense, David Johnson, but he's not fast. He can't break the tackle. It would have saved them just over $6 million if they let him go. There's just a lot there. I don't think they can rely on him as their main back. Like at this point, I feel like they need a literal hit the restart button and start fresh. And I think holding on to like older players like him, I personally just don't see the plus in it, but you tell me your bright sides. Yeah, I think 
I think that's a good point. I think he, they need to rebuild completely bottom to top. As a Jags fan, you saw them do that, right? Like they really shed everything. They turned was, everything over. Guys going into the season, I was very, and not that you had a good season or anything <laughs> to it, but I see what you're doing and it worked yeah. out because now you're about to get Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, trust the process a little and bit. I, and I think, too, the hard part with, with tanking and trying to do a full rebuild is you want your players to still believe that they're playing for something, right? You don't ever want to lose the locker room. And I think that's what so many teams are scared of doing, right? And I feel like the Lions are doing the same thing. Like, they're getting Jared Goff as a quarterback that's just good enough to, like, help them rebuild. But unless you fully go for it, you're just not going to be successful in a rebuild because you have to give up things. You have to give up wins to get your draft capital. You have to give up players to get your draft capital. You have to do all these things to set yourself up for the future. And the Texans are just not willing to fully turn everything over. So I, I think the, the bright side is they're paying him less, right? Because of this restructured mm -hmm. contract takes him down from about $8 million to about $6 million. It doubles his guaranteed money, but it also saves them from having just over $2 million in dead salary cap space, which they would have had they just released him. But I think it's also them just being so dedicated to not admitting that the Hopkins trade was bad. And I think they just are, they want to die on that hill, regardless if Bill O'Brien is gone or whether he's there. They don't want to, they want to justify it. I will never get over that. That is something I, can't. I, I will never be able to forgive them. And no. I think it was fine. Like I still, not that like I root for them. You know how that we talked about with the Bills? That's like a yeah. team you can root for. The Texans, the only reason I was even like giving them the time of day at all was because of Watson and JJ Watt. Yeah. JJ Watt's out, and I would I would wish I could go to Houston and take Deshaun Watson out myself. So yeah. I think what like I just have nothing. They're, I just feel weird about them right now. I, I can't weird. understand any moves that they're making, honestly. I don't understand. I just don't understand. You know you're in a rebuilding space. You yeah. just you can see what the state of your franchise is, and you're not making clear moves to improve the culture of the team or set yourself up to really do a full rebuild. So I'm not saying the, they're wrong. And then they can never do it. No. And I feel like if they did, if they're like, all right, listen, we know we were stupid. And I think it would make the team feel better if yeah. they were like, all right, thank you. Like, let's move forward now. Like, that's all you have to do. Yeah. They really just need a little more transparency. But again, I think when you're looking at dead salary cap space and, you know, they've got about 16 million in salary cap available coming up. And they just need so much help defensively. They need so much help in so many other areas. You can't run the ball without an offensive line. So that's another area they're going to have to look to reforce. But I just think he's a guy that you can get for the cheap. If you look at the top running backs out there in free agency, unless you're going to go and spend on somebody that's worth it, like this offense, they just really want to pound the ball, right? And if David Johnson can do that, then he can do that. There's no sense in bringing in someone else to do that exact thing and pay more money. But, you know, if he looks like he did at the end of 2020, because he had some bright spots near the end of the season, if he plays like that throughout 2021, they've justified it. They've made a great move. Yeah, it it doesn't for being upset about it right, right now. It doesn't fix the Hopkins trade, doesn't yeah. justify it, but it definitely takes the pressure off of it. But if he plays like he played at the beginning of 2020 or 2019, where it's it's a wrap, like you, you'll never live it down. No, I think... Oh, I just, I don't, I don't know where their head's at. And I don't know, here's a segue. I don't know why they're holding Watson hostage. Basically. Hostage. 
literally not listening to any conversations about it. Uh, they just, the fact that they're sitting, telling all of us, he is our guy, we believe in him. But then at the same time, every suggestion that he makes, every, like, leading up, this was way before he, like, demanded a trade. Yeah. He was just, like, chipping in, like, and he wasn't sitting there like a jerk saying, like, I want, need this man as my head coach. He was just giving them, like, this is someone I would like you to interview, which yeah. I think is fair, absolutely fair. And they don't listen to him at all, completely brush him off, and then are, forcing him to stay on the team. And now it's at the point where he's saying he would rather sit out than play for your organization. And you're still going to hold him on your team. Like I, it, I can't even fathom. He, the logic. he is just, he was promised things and promised to be involved in the, in the hiring and in the conversation around turning around the culture of the franchise. And he just wasn't. And if that doesn't scream that they just don't value their players, they don't value the culture, I don't know what does because, but they also at the same time know how important he is to the franchise because they're holding him hostage. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they will not let him go and it makes absolutely zero sense. And I just, JJ Watt was like, I just want him to be happy and whatever that means for him, that's what that means for him. And now there's apparently five teams in the mix calling for him, but I just... I don't get it. I I don't understand. I think that if I was him, I would hold out. Like I, I think a lot of people are wondering if he's too nice, he's too polite, he's too this and that to hold out. But I just think that this is kind of going to guide where the NFL goes. I think the like you said, the more that we lean into this NBA style, like players need to have a voice in this kind of stuff. And his his actions and his requests were not on like. Asking to interview Eric Bieniemy, I'm sorry, any team in this league should have been interviewing Eric Bieniemy. So that's not unreasonable. No, and not, uh, not only did they ignore him, but they hired a full search agency to figure out who their next coach and GM would be, and then they ignored all of the suggestions from the the agency. So they they've got a lot of issues. But that's a good question. Do you want to talk about where you think? Deshaun Watson, do, number one, do you think he's going to leave? Do you think he's going to stay, hold out, play? Or if he does leave, where do you see him going? So I, with the way things are looking, and I hate I hate even saying this, it seems like we are moving more towards a holdout, which yeah. just stinks because he's so talented. I love watching him play. I will never forget when he was playing the Raiders and he got kicked in the eye and then still got the top. Like yes. he is unbelievable. He has, like we just talked about him being too nice. He has a heart of gold. Like I just think he has all of the components to be this stellar superstar quarterback. And we haven't gotten to see even half of his potential yet, but Texans don't seem like they're budging. They can't admit when they're wrong. I have a feeling he's going to hold out. I don't think they're going to let him go this season. And then next season, we'll get to see him break free. What I hope for, I would love, love more than anything to see him on the Dolphins. Yes. Whether that means making two of their backup or he will go. I hope he goes. He needs to go. I wish I could go and get him myself because... <laughs> This is getting ridiculous. I want to see him on the Dolphins. I think he would fit in well with their whole vibe. His playing style, I think, would be great on that offense. And Tua, I think, is an outstanding young quarterback, but he 
is very he plays like a young quarterback he has some learning to do so whether they sign Deshaun Watson to a one or two year deal bench Tua for a little while let him sit back and learn and then figure it out later something like that I think is best case scenario right now for everybody involved so that's what I would love to see unfortunately I think it's going to be a holdout though what are you thinking Yeah, I agree. I think we're definitely looking at a long season of him holding out, which makes sense because you don't want to risk injury. You don't want to risk another one of your prime years in 2022. Um, But, you know, I think to the Jets, that's fair. That's actually where I think he... So we were talking about this last night on Play the Bay and, you know, very heated, passionate conversation about him going to the Jets. And I think it's very interesting because the Jets are being super patient with their quarterback decision, right? Like they've got Sam Darnold, who I don't think is a lost cause by any means. I think it's wild to think he might not be the best fit in that franchise, but he's going to go somewhere and I think do really well. But the question for the Jets is, are you willing to deplete every piece of draft capital you've built as an organization for Deshaun Watson? You have to know 100% that he's the guy because they've spent a lot of time collecting draft picks. They've got five in the first three rounds. They've, they've got all these pieces that they've accumulated over the past couple of years in their full fledged, you know, flop of a past couple of seasons. Like they've definitely tanked for this position. Um, They missed out on Trevor Lawrence, but they're still going to look to see what fields can do, what Wilson can do in their pro days leading up to the draft. They're going to really evaluate, you know, is Deshaun Watson better than Sam Darnold, every quarterback in the draft. And, is he worth giving up some of those picks, right? Like it might not be both of your first round picks this year, but it definitely could be. And if not both of them this year, it could be one this year, one next year, and then third rounds probably in the future. I think for the Dolphins, they were looking at giving up two, uh, three first round picks over the next few years, two defensive starters. I mean, that's insane. It's insane. The only reason I feel, and I also love the Dolphins. The Dolphins are another one that they're a team I fully support all the time. Um, I think they're in a good position to do that, though, because I like, I feel like the one thing that they're really missing is a strong quarterback. Yeah. And I feel like if they got Deshaun Watson in there, that would be enough to make them steady playoff contenders. And so I feel like them giving up all of that. One, I think it's too much, but them giving up even a lot of that, I still think they would be in a good position. The Jets, I think it just gets tricky because you pretty much, you need to rebuild from the ground up. you got a brand new coach. You are moving in the right direction. You have a lot of buildup, but I think giving up all of that, it backs you up because you have to, you're still yeah. scrambling for pieces. Yeah. And I think that's the time he wants to go to the Jets. So who knows? Hey, I would play for Robert Saleh. Eight days out of the week. I think he's he's one of those guys that guys want to play for. He's gotten ringing endorsements from every player that he's ever coached in this league. So I think that makes sense for him to want to go there. And I also think it makes sense for him to want to go there and pull them out of NFL poverty. He's the one that turns them around, which I also understand. And I think that's exactly what Tom Brady wanted to do in Tampa. So these things make sense. But It's tough because this is a a once-in-a-lifetime situation. When are we going to see another guy like Deshaun Watson, this young, this talented, heading into his prime, who can really command a locker room, command a team, and be a leader? Like It it doesn't come around that often. So someone's going to pull the trigger if they can and if they have the ability. Um, But I do see him holding out. But I I just wish they would let him go because I just want to see him play in 2021. I also would love to see him play against – 
the Texans. So um, that's not going to happen, obviously, because, you know, the Jags are going to draft Trevor Lawrence. The Colts have Carson Wentz. So that's not necessarily going to happen. But um, it would be pretty funny. He would have the best game of his entire career because Fury would take over him. Like all this rage that he's yeah. Up and now he's like finally starting to explode. He would go off if that ever happened, and I would pay a ridiculous amount of money to see that. I also feel like as soon as he leaves, we're gonna hear way more details about the inner happenings what? of the situation because right now, I mean, he's still they've kind of got each other in this chokehold, right? Like he's got the no trade clause, so he gets to decide where he wants to go. That's why he's being so picky. That's why he really holds some of the power, but they also hold the power because they don't really have to trade him if they yeah. don't want him. Um, So I think he's going to still hold out on some information, but I think as soon as he leaves, we're going to figure out exactly what's going on. And I would read every single page of it because oh, I, I want to know. And like, he's removed from all of his social media. Everything. Everything. Like, that's how you know. Like, this is, this is bad. This is a yeah. toxic relationship that needs to end. When... Yeah. When do toxic relationships ever work when you're forcing yourself to stay together? And like, why would they want a quarterback that doesn't even want to play for them? Like, what do you get out of this? This is 2021. So I thought we were past that. I mean, we saw it back in the day. There's a lot of players that just did not want to play for the team that they were playing for. But I think now quarterbacks just really have taken this power and really empowered themselves to call the shots. So it's exciting. And, and that's a segue because Russell Wilson... Yes. Is making quite a bit of headlines. <laughs> yes, which I knew there was going to be a lot of quarterback movement this offseason. I never saw this one coming up until, like, I saw a little bit of talk of it. And I was like, all right, maybe, maybe. And now it seems like it's like it actually could or has potential to happen. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's weird to see how, because he is a pretty even keeled guy. He's not a guy that talks to the media a lot about negative, you know, impacts on his game. He doesn't really go against his organization and press conferences. So it's really interesting to see him be this outspoken about his unhappiness in Seattle. I don't even want to call it unhappiness, but I think um, yeah, frustrated with the protection, lack of, you know, this and that. And I think the stats kind of back that up. I think they've retained the least amount of offensive linemen from their draft picks than any other team in the league. They pay the le- the least in the league for their offensive linemen. So it's not a, it's, it's not a coincidence that he's unhappy with the protection he's getting hit. He, and it's, it's wild too, because when they, when their season kind of went downhill, I mean, I remember 2020, we were talking about they're undefeated and they're making a run and they're going to win the Super Bowl. He's and beat MVP. Like, yeah. Like he was running, he was single-handedly running away with the MVP campaign for at least the first third of the season. So it's pretty interesting that, you know, he is, it, the the tables have just really turned. Yeah. But I just think um, it's very interesting because the teams that he has listed, he also has a no trade clause. So yeah. this puts him in a better situation. Um, but if they, it's it's wild because he's listed five teams, right? So Dallas or four teams: Dallas, New Orleans, Las Vegas, Chicago. Yep. Um, how are you feeling about this list? Because I'm a little confused. Yeah, no, I uh, was perplexed, especially <laughs> on the Saints. Um, Drew Brees hasn't even retired. 
like officially. There was a lot of talk of it. There was a, the reporter that came out and said it's a guarantee. This is his last game. He hasn't said a word. He's like on vacation with his family. He's in full dad mode, but he hasn't said anything about whether he's actually retiring or not. And part of me thinks it would have come by now if he was at, if it was like a guarantee. So like the fact that the Saints are on the list with Drew Brees still on their roster was like I was thrown off. Um, the Cowboys. As a diehard Eagles fan, <laughs> um, it just can't happen. It really can't because I love Russell Wilson. And if he goes to the Cowboys, I can't root for him and I will be heartbroken. And I don't want that. I don't want him in my division. That's kind of scary. Um, the Raiders, honestly, out of this list, if this is the four he gets to choose from, the Raiders make the most sense, honestly. The Bears... I don't really know why, like none of yeah. it. I can't see his thinking. I said in my video earlier today, I was like, especially with Dallas, it seemed like him and Sierra like sat down and we're like, all right, where do we want to live? Yeah. Like, where do we want to go? And he was like, Dallas is cool. Like, let's go to Dallas because I don't think Dallas even like Dak Prescott's an outstanding quarterback. Yeah. That, that offense can put up 40 points. No questions asked. Their problem is their defense. So he can go there. He can be protected. He can have a stellar offense. They're still not going to win games. Right. So the Bears, I think they need a lot of pieces. They're nowhere close to being complete, even with him on their roster. The Saints are good, but they still got Breeze. Raiders, Derek Carr had his best season in a while, but they have a gorgeous O-line. There's a yep. lot of questions about Derek Carr. And we're at the point in the NFL right now, no one is going to sit around and wait for you. Like, it's and everyone's impatient. So yeah. had a good season, but there's a lot of questions about him. If you can get Russell Wilson, I'd say get Russell Wilson because the Raiders yeah. are so close to being great. And I think this could really catapult them. I think that's where the Raiders are at in general with their logic, right? They're, they're kind of saying we have Derek Carr. We know how this system runs with him under center, but they're willing to go out and get Deshaun Watson. And if they're willing to go out and get Deshaun Watson, they're going to be willing to go out and get Russell Wilson. Um, that's just how it is. But I think it's interesting because the Seahawks have really kind of put themselves, if they were to get rid of him before June 1st, they're looking at 39, almost $40 million in dead cap. Cannot happen. It's not feasible. There's not one team in this league. I don't care how much cap space you have that can take, 39 million in dead cap in 2021. But if they, if they, if he leaves after June 1st, they can spread that out, take the brunt of it in 2022, but it still puts them in the double digit million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are, you guys are struggling, but it's just interesting because I read an, a pretty interesting article that connected all of these four teams. Because when you look at offensive line, if you want better protection, these aren't necessarily the best teams, right? Yeah. These aren't the the top four that would be on your list. But what they do have is offensive-minded head coaches who have experience taking teams to playoffs, putting them in positions to be successful in the playoffs and competitive in the postseason. And that's the very exact opposite of Pete Carroll and his yeah. coaching style. They run schemes that are very different to what Pete Carroll runs. They, I mean, we heard Pete Carroll say at the end of 2020 that the lesson that he learned from this season is they should run the ball more. And that is mind boggling. I'm sorry, but you let Russ cook. He does pretty well. You have a terrible defense. You have a terrible O-line. You have pretty much nothing going for you besides Russell Wilson. And you say, we should have run the ball more. Yeah. Uh, 
So I think that Did really you watch any of your games this season, sir. Any of them. I was like, <laughs> if that's the lesson you learned, you should be fired immediately. Um, but then jokes on us because they extended him and you know kept him in Seattle for however long. So I think it's interesting. I'm wondering how this relationship is going right now, just given the fact that these coaches, these teams are the very opposite of what Seattle has, but also I, I just think everything in the media, the organization has said they're very unhappy with how things have unfolded, obviously. Like, yeah. that's not surprising. But I wonder if we're going to find out more about this relationship. I honestly, and kind of, I think the media plays a huge part in this. Um, I, I truly believe if there wasn't so much quarterback movement this season, because this is unprecedented, like this. Yeah doesn't happen no well i think if it was any normal off season this wouldn't even be a conversation but yeah. the fact that all of these big names are getting a say getting moved around i think russell wilson is like all right well i'm gonna speak up and if russell wilson comes out and says he's unhappy teams are gonna call and if i were him i would listen because there's no harm in hearing what people are gonna offer for you what they want to give you um yeah. so i think literally the only reason that this is even happening is because of everything else going on in the league right now. And now it's Seattle. And I think it's going to damage their relationship. Absolutely. And it's yeah. going to get to the point where like they kind of have to separate, which wouldn't have happened if this was any normal off season. It's, um, it's very interesting. I think uh, some, so Wilson to Panthers or Minnesota, I think Panthers are the most likely. They yeah. they were clearing cap space. There was some talk of them potentially going after Deshaun Watson. They started cutting people um, for what seemed like unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think the Panthers are in the quarterback market. It just depends who they get. But I think Russell Wilson, if they can make him some sort of offer he can't refuse, then maybe. But I think he's probably I, – I don't know what his motive – again – these, this list makes no sense to me, yeah, but whatever random. Yeah. Whatever his motivation is for it, he's got his motivation and he's probably not that willing to go outside of that, which is fine. Um, to, I mean, that's why you get a no trade clause yeah. in your contract. So um, I don't know. I, I think the Panthers are the most likely though. I can honestly, I think he would be a good fit in Carolina. They yeah. have a new head coach. Like I think it would work. Like I can see it working well. So hopefully he can add them to that makes more sense to me than any of the four teams he's listed. 100% because they're a team that needs a veteran quarterback. They need someone who can come there and be there for a decent amount of time, right? Like you don't need a, a young guy who's going to be, who's going to spend 10 years in Carolina, but you do need a guy that's going to spend three or four years there. And yeah. he, he is one of those guys that, you know, he's an older, more, veteran seasoned quarterback in this league but he's definitely got enough years in him to bring Carolina out of the pits of despair and into the into the light a little bit and you know he would fit in this offense I think he's he's looks closer to Cam Newton than what they you know than what they've experienced and yeah. not that Cam Newton had a a banger of a career in Carolina obviously he would still be there but at the end of the day it's it's a little bit more suited for them yeah it's like familiar yeah he would fit in they would feel comfortable I think it would work yeah and so I don't know they're Carolina is on the quarterback market though so I'm excited to see yeah. who goes there. I don't I like I have nothing against Teddy Bridgewater like he is 
like a great person. He just doesn't seem like a stable starter to me. And I was excited for him this season, but I wasn't wowed. Um, yeah. So he, you know what I loved most about Teddy Bridgewater is when he was in New Orleans and they were running schemes with like three quarterbacks on the field during offense. And they were just having the most fun of any team in the NFL for those, you know, few weeks of that one season that that happened. But I, I just, I think he's a cool guy. I think New Orleans really fit him and suited him because they're great about getting some of their backups involved. I, I think what they do with Taysom Hill is obviously very impressive, but yeah. then even Brilliant. them getting Jameis Winston involved in the way they did. I mean, at the end of the day, they lost to the Buccaneers, but Jameis Winston beat the Buccaneers because he came in that one play, fantastic trick play. I mean, <laughs> It scored. I just... loved every second of that. Yeah, I think he falls asleep every single night, like thinking about that moment. He's I like, would. I did if, that. If I was him, I could retire right now. I'd be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, uh, you know, I think that's really the situation that suits Teddy Bridgewater. And I love watching him play, but he's not. He's not a guy that's going to be your franchise guy, that big name, that like face of your team. So. I don't know. I'm excited to see where he goes, but there's so many free, I mean, free agents all over the board. We've never had an off season this active. We've never seen anything like it, which is exciting. But today we both picked two free agents that we're both keeping our eyes on. You got a little more creative. I went with the obvious pick because I'm going to segue it and it segues definitely perfectly. But if you want to start with yours. Yes. So Green Bay Packers are one of my few teams. I've talked a little bit. I have the Buffalo Bills. I have the Dolphins. I have the Packers. These are teams that are not my team, but that I love dearly and consistently support. Um, And they have a big free agent right now in Aaron Jones. Basically, at the end of last season or going into this season, I should say, he wanted the extension. He wanted to be paid big and they just didn't do it. So now it's kind of what do we do with him? He had an insane season this year, but towards the end, they kind of, they literally seemed like they were like dwindling off of him. And I think that was them testing. They knew what was coming. I think that was them testing if we actually even need him or not. And I think the question, honestly, I think they would be fine without him. Personally, I think they should pay him. I think he should stay. I know they are so like they have nothing, so it could help them, but I don't know. I would like to see him stay. I really don't like that's personal opinion. I don't think it's honestly feasible. What you they're 11 million over cap space. Like it's, they got a lot of work to do. So that would help them out a lot. Um, main contenders for him right now. I keep talking about all my favorite people going to the dolphins. <laughs> uh, the dolphins are just going to be my powerhouse of a team. I'm going to send all of my favorite players to them, but that seems to be the one that seems to be creeping up the most. They have the ability to pay him. They need somebody like him. I think that would be a great fit. Another other teams on the list, 49ers, the Steelers and the bears, Mm. the Steelers would also be a really, they need run game. Like they, they need help. They have all these wide receivers, but you need someone that's going to break through. James Connor is not consistent. I think that would be a great landing spot for him. And I think they would benefit majorly from that. So I think Aaron Jones is on the hot seat personally, All right, I'm going to summarize all of those thoughts. (laughs) I want him to stay in Green Bay. Don't think it's possible. It would save them so much money to get rid of him. If he has to go, I want to see him on the Dolphins or the Steelers. I think that's the best case scenario for him. 
Question for you. I guess what, with their cap space dilemma, if Aaron Jones is gone, which is what it seems like is going to happen, that's where we're trending toward. I mean, what does their offense look like? What is this Green Bay team that, you know, made a decent run in the playoffs? What is that? What does that say yep. about what they're going to be in 2021? You know, I think it's going to be very interesting. And I think they need to finally, this would be the time for them to step up and actually draft in yeah. a way that would benefit their offense. Because Aaron Rodgers, as talented and amazing and as special as he is, he was making, they made they were almost in the Super Bowl if it wasn't for the stupid calls in that NFC Championship yep. game. Think it all worked out the way it's supposed to. Bucks absolutely deserved it, but they were so close with like nothing. And so now you lose Aaron Jones, you're really screwed. Like you're you're almost at rock bottom. So this is their time. They need to actually help Aaron Rodgers out. And you really can't, unless you're trading other big names, which you really can't afford to lose. They can't make moves with players already. You need to utilize this draft to the best of your potential. Don't mess it up. Like this is, I think if they could do well in the draft this year, it would make everything not at all worth it. But I think Aaron Rodgers could be like, all right, thank you. Like now I can work with this. Well, that's the thing is they played, they both tried to strong arm each other. Like the Packers tried to be like, here's Jordan Love. (laughs) Yeah. Play better, and I'm like, is that yeah. really a threat? Oh, yeah, watch this, like, <laughs> right? Like, is that really a threat right now? What's happening? Um, and then the, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers proved his worth this season far and above what people expected him to, and so I think he now has the power to say, you need to draft better, and and they do have AJ Dillon. That's a good point. I think AJ yeah. Dillon stepped up, but I, you just need someone else. You just need more, and I think they don't have more. They don't even have nearly enough to be competitive. They were making plays with, like, Tanyan was originally their third-string tight end. Yeah. And him and Aaron Rodgers just got this insane connection. So, like, for him to make their your third-string tight end a superstar this season, get him someone great, fresh out of college. It's Aaron Rodgers. Like, let him, like, train him a little bit. They can work on a relationship. I don't know. I just think it would be... That is best case scenario for them, I guess, unfortunately. But I don't, it's just weird. I don't want them (laughs) to lose Aaron Jones. It's weird. um, But I do like the idea of Pittsburgh. I will say that. I fully support that because I was a Pittsburgh Steelers stand this year i don't even know why because uh, oh my gosh bandwagon so fast like i was like i love this team and it is weird too because i growing up a jags fan there were so many oddly enough there were so many like steelers fans in jacksonville because when when your team is not good in your city all these fake people in your city start wearing other teams and supporting other teams and they're like oh i played with them in madden once and now that's my team (laughs) away go away um but you know I grew up like not really liking the Steelers. The Steelers were always a team that would lose to the Jaguars for no reason. And I love that about them. But this season, I they the personality on that team, the what it seemed like was going to be a really great run that turned out not to be that way. I just really had a lot of warm feelings for them in my heart. And so I that honestly might be but I did I loved everything that they were doing. When they started when they lost to Washington, I was like, this is the downfall, but they had a lot cooking. So hopefully is a run game. 
Yeah, I, I know. I've been looking for a sec. Not that I'm ever out on the Jaguars because I've spent my entire existence as a sad Jaguars fan. So um, I'm pretty loyal and committed, but I think I've been looking for kind of like that second team for a long time. And it always was the Buccaneers because um, my dad is from Tampa. So half of my family was kind of based out of Tampa. I grew up having a real soft spot for the Buccaneers, but after experiencing living in Tampa during a Super Bowl run for the Buccaneers, I honestly am, am, am so out on Buccaneers fans. They're, they're so, there's so much to deal with. Like they're so like, I'm in on them. Like that took a turn. I was not expecting. <laughs> it's, it's too much to deal with. So the Buccaneers definitely were my second team or they were in, they were in the top running spot to be my second team okay. after this season. I'm like, I can't do not it. Now. So the Steelers, okay. I think I'm making that executive decision right now that the Steelers are going to be my second team. So catch us in 2021. Um, <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't even know what their what their uh, tagline is. Like, I don't know. I I know they have the towel, the terrible towel. They do have that. That's all yeah. I know. Um, my it's okay. My backup team, and I said I love the Dolphins. They are one hundred percent. I don't even know why, because it's not even like. Look, my mom was like, root for someone that's like really good. I was like, I can't. I just love the Dolphins. Like, and they're getting there. I I believe in them. Yeah. If, yeah. Philadelphia Eagles, who I would sell my soul for the Philadelphia Eagles. I love that team, unfortunately, more than anything else ever. Like my phone case, my keys, everything. I got my Eagles thing behind me. Like they're my life. I swear to God, if we draft a quarterback with our six overall pick, I am 100% fins up this entire season. Um, um, I won't be able to, I won't be able to do it because they're destroying my beautiful, even when we were crappy, I still love them no matter what. And now they're just even destroying us being crappy. So I can't yeah. be bad anymore. My heart hurts for you, for sure, if that happens. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, my free agent to watch, it's no surprise. I mean, I it kind of is because I don't think enough people are talking about Zach Prescott during free agency. I yeah. think he's kind of gone under the radar because there's a lot of – he's just very quiet, right? He's well, been looking – well, his injury, he yeah. like, to see him towards the end of the season. So I think that kind of plays a part in that as well. Yeah, for sure. But I think he's looking for that long-term contract. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I think it goes back and forth every week. It's kind of like, oh, that's that's where it's trending. And then it goes back to they're not looking to put him on a long-term contract. But um, I do think it would be fun if they franchise tagged him and traded him to the Panthers. <laughs> and that's just something that would warm my heart. I love that as an Eagles fan. I just think it would be fun because I think he, if he can, can bounce back, lead a locker room, I think that's kind of the perfect place to come in and be a leader, be a veteran. And I think that, I don't know, his playing style would be really fun in Carolina. He would have another top tier running back to kind of pair with. I just think that that, would be a really fun situation. For I would love years. it so then I could actually root for him because I genuinely like him. You want him to succeed so bad, but I can understand if you're an Eagles fan, it's hard yeah. to root for him. Yeah. But the only time I ever, ever, honestly, in my entire life, the only time I've ever rooted for the Cowboys was the game that he got hurt. I wanted them to pull it out for him. They were playing the Giants. It was divisional anyway. NFC East was a complete toss up. I was like, this is the one time I will be happy if they win. Yeah. I will say, you know, it was a tough one, and I do think he's going to bounce back. I think, I think so too. He's got it in him, but I just want to see him go somewhere else. I think the Cowboys are another team where I'm like, I don't fully understand what they're doing um, from a term in terms of like strategy and 
keeping people around and building a culture. I just don't know that they're, they've got great rookies that they drafted last season. They've got great young guys on their team. They've got a quarterback that they can really, if they want to lock him down, they could, and they could make things happen, but you know, they need a lot of help in other areas as well. So if they franchise tag him, trade him to the Panthers, I just think that would be cool because the Panthers would get a year of him tagged to be able to say, do we want to keep this guy? Is this our guy long-term? But they're so committed to finding a long-term quarterback solution that it is it is very – I mean, they're they're looking everywhere, high and low. And that's why I say they're going to solve it because that's their number one priority. But they're also doing it very patiently, which I think is very important for them. So Especially when there's, there's so many options right now. Yeah, a ton. So I think it is smart for them. I honestly – if I have to hear about Dak Prescott and this stupid franchise tag for one more season, I think I'll freak out though. Like, because <laughs> this has been years, years. And it's like right before the season starts, it, the conversation always picks up. And everywhere you turn, it's Dak Prescott and the franchise tag. Like, it's, and honestly, yeah. I can't even believe I'm saying this. Dak is so talented and he is the least of the Cowboys' issues. Like, we saw them completely crumble without him. They yeah. stood a chance with him, and then without him, they were nothing. So I think the fact, and it also pisses me off, when he got hurt, Jerry Jones said, don't worry, we love him, we're going to take care of him, and then they're not immediate. I'm like, you have to. <laughs> like, you literally said you were going to. Like, pay him. I but imagine them, like, delivering a trunk load of money to his doorstep at the end of the season, oh. and that's just not happening. They're no. not doing it. They sh that's exactly what they should. His injury, it was brutal, brut but it wasn't an injury that affects your game long-term. It is yeah. something it takes time to heal, but he will heal and he will heal fine. I don't think it's going to affect him. I think he is a very talented quarterback and remove the Eagles fan from me. You are stupid as a cowboy if you don't pay him. Yeah. I don't know the logic. I don't know what game they're trying to play. I don't see how it can play out well for them because eventually they're going to keep pissing him off to the point where he's like, all right, I'm done trying. Bye. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a wrap. And that's, that's the tough part is all of these. Really stirred, the pot, stirred the pot franchise tag him and then send him to Carolina. I mean, here we go. That's what yeah. I want to happen. I, I want things to like blow that. up this season. Like there's so many teams with quarterbacks that could be their franchise guys and that could take them to where they want to go. But at the same time, no one's making the moves to do it. So I'm like, I want quarterbacks to just blow up this league and just move around. I want to see so much drama next season because I want teams to start being held accountable yes. for how they treat their players and when what role their players have in their franchise. Because I do think that I want to see more players being involved on their coaching, hiring decisions. I want more players to be part of that process in the front office when they're making big decisions. And I think this is just the beginning of that. So I'm excited. We are going to do free agent watch from now until the end of free agent time. But it is, um, I, it's honestly, if we did, like, we would have to do four shows a day to cover all of the major free agent storylines. So, every, every time I look at my phone, there's a notification of yeah. someone being released, someone like all, it's all day, every day. Big names. We just saw Kyle Rudolph. We were both crying over it. We were texting each other. No. Crazy. It's just the nuttiest season ever. And I thought the coronavirus was going to be like the biggest like part of our issues. Doesn't even it's not. It's free agency. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I was saying this last night too. I think the NFL, 
the NFL going full, full like full blown into coronavirus and saying like, we're going to run our season as normal and nothing's going to change. And we're just going to test people and we're just going to play. Like they were not letting anything no. cut off their season, but I think they put them, I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that the way they ran it was the best, but I will say that they're the best league position wise heading into this year because they've already done it. They know exactly what they have to invest um, whereas like you're seeing the NBA, the NHL, you're seeing all these other leagues struggle. So the NFL, I have full confidence that we will have way less issues with scheduling and postponing. And as fun as Wednesday afternoon and Tuesday night football games were, I can't imagine that we'll get many of those in 2021, but, uh, I don't know. It's exciting. I, as being a fan of football in the NFL, means you get the super long off season where no one's talking about it and you just have to hear about basketball and hockey for months and you just don't necessarily care quite as much um, personally. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm excited. I think it's going to shake things up. I'm pumped. But do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up our first ever episode? <gasps> the, I can't. We did it. We did it. I know. Um, no, I think we covered pretty much all the major bases and it's all of this is going to be something that we just need to keep watching and keep following along as there's probably going to be a new headline every single day. Oh my gosh. It's exciting. And we're going to be posting on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. And I think we'll probably just be putting out our own content as well as, as these things change because once a week, I think the pace at which free agency is happening is not going to allow us to just cover everything every week. So Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Onside Chicks, Twitter, Onside Chicks Pod, everywhere else at Onside Chicks. But oh, this was fun. I'm excited. Yes. No, so. it's going to be fun off season. And I'm even more excited for this season to start because I have a feeling there is going to be some drama seeing everyone on these new teams. And I cannot wait for it. It's fun. It's fun. It's, it's kind of like The Bachelor Goes NFL, is how I yes. feel about it. So I'm here for it. Uh, I'm excited, but we thank you for tuning in in the comments. There was Twitch, there was YouTube, and we will catch you guys next week. Yes. See you next Bye. week.